You're listening to the best barbecue show, the show where we talk, taste, and even try to cook the best barbecue in Texas, which is the best barbecue in the world. I'm here with Shane Stiles, Bill Dumas, and Chris McGee. These guys have uh, been hanging out in Drippin' Springs at their new location, The Switch, and uh, it's, a, it's a pretty beautiful day out here in Drippin' Springs. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Hot. <laughs> what did you, what, you just get done doing, uh, Bill? Uh, well, I just pulled off all that sausage that we got cold smoked over there. Uh, I've got some pineapple smoking over here behind me from one of our bar drinks. Uh, Chris and I just ran through this pit behind me. We have some briskets rocking and rolling over here, and there's also some chickens on that pit as well. So, two things going on at once. You guys, are those the chicken wings or whole chickens? Mm -mm, those are the half birds nice. that are on the line. Do you guys, a lot of places are actually getting rid of chicken because it's kind of a challenge. You guys see that as pretty easy to, to yep. keep right? We're going to start off there. <laughs> I'll let these guys <laughs> Way to start the war. Did you get prepped on this or what? <laughs> I just know the industry, uh, you know? Okay, well... <laughs> Should we let Chris go first? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, uh, we were getting rid of half chickens, and now they've mysteriously come back onto the menu thanks to a few customers. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. You listen to your customers. That's what you were saying, thank Shane, you, right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. You said you listen to your customers on a lot of things out here. Yeah. You know, kind of a got a big new building to pay for, so <laughs> we trying to you know, do as much as we can to to make them happy. Well, you said you started off as just a line, but then you decided to start doing table service all day? Yeah, we started off the hop dot model, which um, I guess everybody in Austin's kind of used to, but it was pretty much foreign to everybody out here. So um, we always talked about maybe doing full service at dinner, and we've kind of uh, just already transitioned to it all day. So it's and working the, good. The people out here like it. They do, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they like to be able to sit down, read the menu, get a few drinks before they eat. So. They like to be waited on. yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? Barbecue with plates, and you guys have some pretty cool uh, ways of presenting your food, too. Good old enamelware. Is that, the, is that uh, Catherine, or is that who came up with all that stuff? Uh, Catherine, Catherine is not too much into any of that, believe it oh, really? or not. Yeah, she's, she's, she's just making margarita mix. Margarita mix, yeah, that's her, that's her gig. In fact, it's across the street at the Ace Hardware, right? You said that? The Bloody Mary is. Oh, yeah, the Bloody Mary yeah, mixes. She'll be going into H-E-B. For the margarita. Awesome. All H-E-B? Exclusively. The whole state? 150 stores. So is there like a margarita mix factory in here somewhere? Nope. It would be in Lockhart, Texas. Oh, okay. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Started off in South Austin and they, like everybody else, they've had to move out to Lockhart. So, so Bill, what's it like going to brisket camp? A lot of us want to go and uh, you get to kind of be a special guest. Well, I was there last year. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a, a nice meet and greet. I got to meet a lot of people I hadn't met before, you know, which which is great. I'm kind of a people person, so it was pretty cool, actually. Uh, the, one I, the one I really wanted to meet wasn't there, and uh, that's the uh, fellow from Buffalo Gap, Tom Perini. So, but I did get to meet uh, Homer, the uh, chuck wagon cook. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, a lot of friends and folks that I knew before. But, the, you know, 
For me, it was kind of like a, a family reunion. Yeah, for me. And so you knew a lot of those guys already, or? I did. Uh, John Brotherton. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the folks I, I did already know. You knew Jeff and I, Ray and Davey. Right, I, I did. But but it's different whenever you see someone on a computer screen versus in in person. So, you know, getting to meet the folks in person is kind of a little bit different dichotomy. You know, getting to crack open a few beers with them and so on and so forth. That was a whole hell of a lot of fun. You know, and there's not a lot of people there, right? They don't take many. No, they don't take very many. In fact, there were people from all over God's creation. I think there was a guy from Sweden, I think, there. But New York, you name it, they're there. And it's evidently a larger, bigger deal than I thought it would, was, you know. But maybe, you know, I say that basically to put that in context, you know, this is kind of our regional thing, you know, barbecue is. And so you get caught up in it. This is my day-to-day -day life. So I don't really think of it outside those confines. So to see someone from Finland or or Sweden or God knows where else, you're like, huh, that's interesting. And uh, did you learn anything interesting? Did you? Because uh, they do they break down cows and they do all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff yeah, there, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as being able to see where the different cuts of meat come from on the on, on the half on, on the cow itself is kind of interesting. I knew where a brisket was. I just didn't know what it looked like intact on the carcass and how it got separated off of the carcass. So seeing how those different meats are situated and how they come off of the carcass is pretty interesting. You guys going to start doing some sort of uh, you know, whole, whole cow breakdown or something, special night? No, nah, we're going to leave that to John. <laughs> is that your butcher? <laughs> John Miller. He's, oh. We saw him do, do that recently. Yeah, the, the quarter cow or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, it, was, it was hard to actually, I was trying to explain to someone what it was, and I realized I'm, I wasn't sure which quarter it was, but then I found out. My favorite was the basting with the floor mop. <laughs> you know, when when you live in a, a world where everything's visual, you know, you got to kind of you can you can come up with gimmicks, you can come up with silly ways to uh, to do things. But you know, he's not the first one to do you know halves of cattle like that. There was a fella uh, up in Fort Worth, uh, Walter Jetton, who ran uh, Jetton's Catering, started I think in the late 1920s. And was really a big deal, and he would bring all of his kit and caboodle around, uh, and his shtick was barbecuing a whole half of a cow. Uh, as years progressed, how old were you at that time? Well, I was twelve. Twelve. But uh, as years progressed, to, to kind of put it in context, as years progressed, uh, when LBJ became part of the Texas legislature, uh, he became Jetton's barbecuer. So all, consequently, all of the barbecue uh, big uh, state functions out at the White House on the Perdinalis was all Walter Jetton. That being said, it was always whole halves of cattle. Pretty interesting. That's, that's awesome. I think so. It, it, wouldn't you think it was hard uh, to cook half a cow because there's so many different thicknesses and layers? Are they doing that open pit or offset? Hell yeah, I wouldn't want to try it. <laughs> so Chris, tell us what else y'all are cooking. What you guys are working on out here that's different maybe from in town or other barbecue places? Uh, right now we're just trying to focus on getting our cage and our barbecue straightened out and happy with it. Um, we've changed around our menu a little bit since we've opened. Uh, we switched from our first crack at our boudin around here and we're now doing the Raging Cajun boudin. Uh, smoking a bunch of crawfish when you first got in. 
Um, more than anything, we're just trying to try and put some type of smoked element into our Cajun dishes, and we just redid our brunch menu. So right now, we're just trying to get an order out here. Nice. Yeah, I think the favorite, my favorite item right now is the, the smoked uh, pork copa that Chris has kind of uh, revamped. That. Uh, that is just part of the pork butt that we're taking off, and then we cure it actually for about five days with a simple cure. Um, it helps come out more like a Canadian bacon almost is what we're going for with it, but just a little bit spicier. And then we're putting over a bed of dirty rice and smothering it with the house gravy. Yeah, oh. but if you cut it a little thicker, man, it still I mean, it comes off as any other smoked meat. Nice. Yeah. And people, people are enjoying it? Well, like anything, man, we took a little bit of a nosedive when we first came out on it, but uh, now... It's, it's right where it needs to be. Well, and you all have people coming out here to try food all the time. I was just out here with Adamson Barbecue. They came all the way from Toronto just to eat here. Yeah. I think all the pictures of the pit room is <laughs> so definitely drawing some people out here. Why do, you think, why do you think people like the pit room? I mean, it's cool to record in it. It's pretty <laughs> badass space. It's the Taj Mahal of pit rooms. It yeah, really is. It turned out good. And it doesn't feel like the surface of the sun in here. Yeah. yeah, it feels really nice, actually. You know, there's pits running. So, And it's what? <laughs> is it 100 out right now? It's 108 heat index outside. Here. <laughs> Hold on. Let's find out how long. Let me get the thermometer. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty good for, you know, I'm, I'm barely even sweating. Yeah, it's not. I mean, okay, so both Chris and Bill worked at the other location oh, look. for at least two. Bill, three years. Chris, two. And it's, it's only 99. It's unbearable over there. <laughs> well, and that, that little alley holds heat pretty well. Yeah, there's just no wind flow at all. So. But we recently took over uh, the space next door, the old butcher, uh, barber shop that was there. So we've turned that into a real controlled prep room. So the guys are ducking out. And you out got a banquet eat. room too, right? Yeah. yeah. Big party. You guys can, how many people can you do a party for in there? 85. That's a lot. It's That's usually the party. sweet spot. Anywhere from 100 to 50 is what all the requests are for. So. Uh, and you also kind of have, you've got some new guys that came in. You you kind of have one of the awesomest two barbecue spots in Austin now. You got Marco, you got Braun, you got these guys like Andy I mean, Morris. Troy. Most people don't know who Andy is. He was he worked with Braun back in the day, but he most recently put a, a Kamuri on the map. So he was the the main guy there. So well, yeah. and all these guys just. I mean, it's not like you guys have a. Uh, like recruiters, like these guys just came to you, right? It's all Bill mostly. <laughs> Bill's the recruiter. No, I'm gonna say it's all Shane. <laughs> uh, no, well, it, to put it to put it lightly, you know, uh, I'm. If he'll have me, this will be the last job I ever had, and I feel that strongly about it. And I think a lot of our guys that that, that work in the pit room, you know, feel that way. And it's it's genuinely about Shane and Catherine. These are wonderful people to work for, and. Uh, once you're here, it's blood in, blood out is what it's like <laughs> for me. So that's how I, that's how strongly I feel about it, and that says a lot for my personal feelings for this Absolutely. gentleman right here. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, Lance has been here for since day one. What is that over a decade now? Nah, seven years in December seven since we've years. been open. Yeah. And so you know, that's that's. That's a good guy to get. Like, you've got the, the dream team of pitmasters here. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we definitely do. Um, no arguing that. So there's some, you know, 
obviously I know more firsthand than most people, but uh, ridiculously talented guys on our team, man. Um, Chris and Bill are the two leaders of this pit room. Uh, you know, Bill, uh, everyone knows Bill, whether it's from barbecue or just <laughs> because he's Bill. Uh, a lot of people don't know Chris's background. Uh, Chris, Chris worked with John Lewis, took the barbecue to its heights. Uh, then when he paired up with Evan, that's when, uh, you know, Friedman's kind of was all the, all the talk and rightfully so because they were doing great things. And actually Chris called me one day and was just like, Hey man, you know, you're interested in going to lunch. And I told him, if you're going to give me your pork rib recipe, yes, I will go to lunch with you. <laughs> and he just said, well, you might have to give me a job first. And I think 30 minutes later he had a job offer. So boom. Yeah. And Chris is, uh, you know, again, First person I've ever worked with is OCD to a point that was like crazy, and uh, but it's what it takes to be really good at it. So yeah. So what was it like opening this place, having a place all to yourselves, guys? It's been pretty interesting so far. We're still getting <laughs> our feet underneath us. Yeah. Well, I mean that's yeah. half the fun is experimenting, right? Yeah. It's been pretty interesting. Bill's always uh, fun to come work with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. But you know, back back to Chris, and I'll play another person a, a good compliment. I don't know of anybody else in this business that I would rather work with because this gentleman right to my right is probably one of the best pitmasters in the country, and I'll put him up against anybody. And that's Thanks, Bill. And that's simply because of his level of commitment and his uh, eye for the business. I don't know of anyone better. Yeah, so, these two mesh really well together. You know, um, Bill's definitely maybe someone sorry about that no worries someone you might recognize the local, more from the local foul of uh tripping springs yeah. singing yeah they're, they're they're a good pair and that was kind of cool too when we were trying to figure out who's going to come out here of course bill already lived out here chris lives in south austin but it was more so a pairing of these two personalities so it's been a good fit so chris what does it take to make great barbecue you we have people listening and watching that you know are either just working in their backyard or, you know, they're working in a place like this, maybe in Montana or something you've never heard of. More just keep it simple and pay attention is the most important thing. I think everything comes down to detail. Um, you know, you just have to know what you're looking at and take your time. There's never no rush and it's never going to be fast and good. There's no need to rush it or feel like you need to give that a little bump in temperature. Just be patient. That's the hardest part to learn. Well, and these Mobergs run, you know, like a Cadillac, right? I've been hearing from all y'all that and these things just hold their temp and do what you want. Sonny does a pretty good job building these pits. We've been pretty happy with it. Mm -hmm. We've also been pretty happy with our sausage pit that he built specially for us. Mm -hmm. Chris is the reason which, we have these. Which, by the way, is the Chris's design. <laughs> yeah, so tell us, tell us about the sausage pit, Chris. Uh, the sausage pit, we just did a vertical cabinet pit, and it was more to just keep it simple and keep the heat coming right from the direct center of the bottom of the pit. Um, there's a couple of baffles in there and some diverter plates, but more than anything, it's just keeping it where it'll hold in the moisture or the heat and not do uh, move too fast, but fast enough to get some crisp on the uh, casings. And we can also use a cold smoker, so it really serves dual purposes. Like cold, like smoked fish, like preserving um, cold. We do our crawfish or our boot in in there. We have shrimp and shrimp on our menu. That works as well. Uh, we make our own bacon in-house, so that goes over there. We cold smoke all of our chicken wings. It's several items that we cold smoke before we actually send them into the kitchen and put them on our Cajun, item, our Cajun menu. It's a lot to keep track of. 
There's a lot of moving parts right now that we're still getting used to. It's a whole other menu that most barbecue places aren't used to, so that's where we're just trying to focus on right now. And, you know, the, does the table service present a different challenge for, you know, rather than just holding it and kind of serving it at a certain amount of time, you know, you guys have longer hours here. Is that, that's just y'all just kind of timing everything? It's actually worked out better. Because, I mean, the first weekend, both Chris and Bill's feedback was that things were running a lot smoother with the table service. So. Slows it down a little bit? Yeah. Slows, yeah. It. slows it down and spaces it out a lot better. Yeah. It makes customers happy so they're not just waiting in a line. They can go sit at the table. Yeah. But if you want to just walk up and order a big bag of meat, you're good. Oh, yeah. Yes. God, we yeah. still have a to-go window. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like the best of both worlds. It really is. It's been good. I mean, it really has. You know, we got a full bar that we're really pleased with and proud of and so it's huge you know counter service you can't get more than one drink in a person unfortunately because you know they're going to order it at the line and then they don't want to get back up and order another one because they think they're cutting the line but so so that part's working out well yeah the the, the true words of a businessman here we Watch do less numbers. than four percent alcohol sales at style switch and we're about running about 15 to 16 right now here nice so. well done dude yeah uh and Mark i mean paying the bills with just brisket <laughs> The the service and just the uh, just the the whole room has has a lot of fun. You know, I'll, I'll cut to some pans for the video, but you know, the, the, it, there's a big room in the back for groups. You know, there's a bunch of booths. There's you can sit at the bar and order. I mean, you've got a nice range, and I mean, you're kind of getting. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're waiting for barbecue, and there's people that are like, "What's this? What's?" And they're asking a lot of questions. Like people that want to ask questions, they can sit down, and the people that want to just get their meat and leave are good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, at night, if you want to just come order to go, you can walk straight to the counter and order to go. So it really does dual purpose. And I'm guessing, you know, you're in this brand new space. There's, what, 30 businesses around you? Something like that? Roughly. And you got a pizza place next door, so it's not like you guys have to really compete on anything. No, nah, we're the only ones. That was the only thing. We're the only ones doing full service. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone else is just counter? Yeah. Oh, so if you guys want full service out and dripping, there's yeah. only one place. Well, I take it back. The league does full yeah, service yeah, too. Really. Sorry about that. And there's a Thai place, but I don't know anything That's about okay. it. It's counter service. That's okay. I don't. I, I think most people would want to eat here. No arguments. So you guys also have sandwiches on the menu. You have, you know, it's a it's a full restaurant menu. It's not just a barbecue place. So was that all you, Shane, or how'd you guys develop that? Uh, I mean, a lot of it, like at South Switch, we. You know, specials are a fun thing for everybody to do. And, you know, Chris and Bill, especially two creative guys. So kind of started from that and, and other ways to do just barbecue. Um, the space is getting a little crowded for just, you know, meat, meat market style barbecue. So it was kind of a way to also separate ourselves a little bit from that. Uh, Todd Duplichon, um helped us come up with a lot of the Cajun items. Um, to be honest, we try to cater a lot to the women out here, too. So... Some of the salads, things of that nature, the sandwiches. So if the women come, the men will follow. There you go. So. <laughs> well, you, you want to please everybody, right? At the end of the day, it's a hell of a lot easier. I mean, you can't please everybody, obviously, but, you know. And so do you don't really have, like, do you have, like, a fired kitchen that yeah. you do anything in, in there? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got chefs working with the pitmasters, and yeah. you've got a sausage room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what was the young lady's name in the sausage room? Ainsley. Ainsley. Mm -hmm. Ainsley's in there killing it, right? She makes what? Most of the sausage well, for she, both restaurants? She's making the mild sausage for both locations, uh, the jalapeno cheese sausage. Uh, Chris is training her up on the boudin right now. Nice. 
and other little odds and ends, but she's doing a really good job, and the, her links look wonderful. So yeah. We're going to get a close-up of those, too. And that's hard to find. It's finding someone with finesse and sausage. Believe me, it's hard to find. So well, what, she took right to it. What, what, what's the finesse? What's the thing that you have to get right? Just the feel or what? Well, sausage in of itself is like Setting baking. you up nicely. Well, sausage in of itself, <laughs> shut up. It's like, it's like baking. You have to get the ratios correct. So much fat to meat and so on and so forth. Well, we got that kind of worked out. But the casing and the linking are paramount. If you don't case it or link it worth a damn, then it's not going to cook worth a damn. So, and that's where she's got it. So just the right amount of tightness in, in respect to, to the size of the link. And she's like twisting it? She's twisting it. Hand, we put it out in ropes, and then she has to come through and link it and twist each link. So mm. it's kind of labor-intensive. Well, sausage is becoming, you know, raised Texas barbecue in L.A. Just uh, Brandon Lamb went out there, taught him some sausage stuff, and now he's making all his own sausages. That's becoming a big thing. So you, mm-hmm. you guys, uh, it sounds like, have... They look like some of the best links in town. We're gonna have to I find out later. The guy over on the far right, I won't say his yeah. name. Uh, this guy. <laughs> challenge you too. Yeah. Well, so Chris, you're 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 kind of shy, but you're the mastermind behind everything. You got to tell us more about, you know, how did you, uh, how did you, you know, were you just like ecstatic the moment you're like, oh, I'm gonna have my own restaurant to play with? Uh, sausages has always been one of my favorite things to play with. It was. You know, when I first started, uh, I got stuck doing all the briskets, and then I got stuck at the morning cook at Friedman's for a long time, so I didn't have much prep time, and when I finally got some downtime, I looked or switched to making sausage, and it's more just about, you can turn it into anything. Um, you know, I've got a pizza sausage, I do several themed sausages, it's just something that has endless possibilities, and once you find your ratios on it, you can really just change it to anything. Do you mix, like, when you, let's say you have fat and meat, right? And then whatever you put in the pizza ones. Are you uh, mixing it ahead of time and then making sure it's mixed well to put it into, or is it mixing as it grinds or what? So I do it in, like, several-day steps on, like, some of the sausages. Our basic all-beef is probably our easiest sausage to make. We can do that in about two days. But on some of these themed sausages and, like, the boudin that we're making here, it's about a three-day process for oh. how we want the uh, casings to sit out overnight and dry out. Um, there's just several elements on how we approach each one, but the jalapeno cheese and the mild that we do here in-house are really basic. We've got to keep them simple so we can keep up on production. But other than that, we'll just when we get some free time, we try and make some special sausages to keep it interesting. Are you drying them in that sausage room? or Not in the sausage room. We don't have uh, space for that right now. We just are out on our speed racks and are hanging them on rods on the speed racks overnight, just nice. right underneath our walk-in cooler. I mean, that just I'm already like getting confused at all the things that you guys are doing, just trying to think of how you keep up with all of it. Because I didn't even realize that it would take three days to make a sausage. Well, it's just more about drying out the casings and just random stuff that we do here and there on certain ones. We focus on that on the boudin and just helps it snap a lot better. And then we'll cold smoke some of the sausages. And then the curing, we always want it to sit overnight. So that right there is your first day. Your next day is getting your binder put together and all the flavor into it. And then finally cook it and serve it. That's a... So... And it, that's just what, what gives the casing a crunch, or mm-hmm. it, yep. it, it just develops the flavor, too? It like just helps it dry out in. more than anything, and then it'll uh, also help give it a little bit more color. So it's, like, juicy, but not too juicy. Yes. Where do, is this all just trial and error? How would you learn all this? 
Uh, a lot of trial and error, and then there was a lot of competition between most of us over at Friedman's on sausages. I'm nice. pretty sure that's where Sausage Wars started. Actually, I know it is, so <laughs> everybody else catch up. Nice. Shots fired. <laughs> How many guys were there? How many guys are in the, the Sausage Wars? Uh, well, me and Brad were kind of the ones always going back and forth. Evan gets in and on here and there, but it's a never-ending battle. Evan's going Korean now. Ah, I've heard. <laughs> I hear that's part due to Ben. Yeah, does that bug you? <laughs> nah, it's it'll good. be good. It looked good the other day's pop up. I saw the photos. Look great. Well, so uh, some of the listeners know, but I actually do a ton of. I just throw barbecue into a lot of the things I do. Like I save all the chicken and the beef bones, any bones we have. I turn into broths for ramen, and uh, I do my own pho. I just do a ton of soups and Asian style stuff. So. Uh, if you look on my Instagram feed, you'll probably see a bunch of, you know, noodles with brisket in it. And I always wonder if, like, people would be mad if I was using their food for that. I, think that's what, I know that's what Jimmy does all the time. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy? Smoking yeah. hoe. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Better yeah. watch out or be see your ideas. <laughs> I don't care. I, I think that, I think uh, I'm healthier for, like, cooking bones. And I feel like it's good for your gut health. It's good for your, like, I don't really get as sick as easily. And uh, I think everyone should be doing it. It's, it's like the, the extra step that's free. I mean, you guys probably get a million bones you could be soaking. I feel like tequila does that for me, but... <laughs> Nature's yeah. true healing power. Yeah, I got it. It's from a plant. Well, you've got the best margarita recipe, you know, possibly in the world right there. I won't argue. I mean, I hadn't found one to beat it yet. Yeah, I had uh, a few of them at Snow's a while back. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We have that other drink on the menu. I smell pineapple right now. We have another drink at the bar that uses the uh, smoked pineapple. That's pretty interesting drinking it itself. You guys yeah. smoke them in here? Yeah, I got some I'm abusing them in the, in the uh, firebox right oh, now. Oh, you just throw them on the fire? Yeah, just throw take them in there and forget about them. And, uh, yeah. I'm so, going to go take a look. Yeah, go take a look. See them in there? Oh, wow. Yeah. Stack them on the yeah, you know. So, that's what you do. So... I don't know if you can still hear me, yeah, but we abuse the hell out of them just like that. And then they go to the bar, they'll cut the rind off of them, and then puree the pineapple up. And that's more or less the base of the, of the drink itself. And then to that is coconut rum, regular rum, and then something I'm forgetting. But generally speaking, it, it'll get you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's the point, right? a long right? drive home out here. And it's a good drink, too. So. Yeah. It's gone over well. But, I, the, you know, the first week that we were open here, I, I'm not allowed to drink them anymore because I, I drank up all of her mix, so I got in trouble for it. <laughs> so I, I have to stick to beer. <laughs> well, I mean, you're making it, so you should get a couple. You would think that. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys are just, there's really no border between the pit room and the restaurant. Like, it's just, you can find smoke stuff in there. You can find... Yeah, are you guys just kind of experimenting all the time? Is that part of the fun? Mm-hmm. What What are you experimenting on that's not on the menu? Oh God, that's this is yeah, the mad scientist right here. Right now, just like I said, or we're still getting our other items up to date on where we want them. We've changed our original menu, and we're still editing all those recipes. We'll start playing more with sausage again here soon and some desserts, but... Well, you know what, though? We have these collaborations. Like, we did a collaboration, what was it, last week or maybe the week before? My weeks run together. Last Thursday. Last Thursday. So we had a collaboration between ourselves and Twisted X Brewery. Oh, yeah. So 
that was burger night. So it was uh, brisket. There's a brisket burger. I ran the brisket through the grinder. And then cold smoked the uh, burgers after they were formed uh, on the uh, sausage pit over here. Only brought them up to about 120. And then held them uh, prior to getting fired up to order on the flat top in some brisket grease. So that was pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, that's like the perfect reverse here right there. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, I think we have another collaboration that's fried, coming up. Fried fish? Yeah, there's a fried catfish and then uh, there's a boudin ball that's being tossed around. Yeah. So Like a deep fried ball or what? Yeah, like yeah. when you go into southern Louisiana you get the uh, deep fried boudin balls. Instead yeah. of sticking it in the casings, they'll ball it up. Yeah. So that's gotten a lot of pushback on the potato salad and the and the gumbo. So that's kind of finally, people are digging it now. That was a big... A lot of trial and error? Yeah, people were a little weirded out at first. So it's a real Louisiana thing, plus it's a barbecue thing. So I think now it's really, you know, people are enjoying it. But Well, the guys at Adamson who were on a few weeks ago, I interviewed them here. And they were saying they were had to get people used to eating off of paper and, like, ordering for the whole group. And so, you know, there's challenges everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Dripping springs where no one eats potato salad. Not with boudin, not with gumbo. Not with gumbo. <laughs> uh, and so it seems like there's just no borders. Uh, I mean, you guys have had, you guys have one of the top pit makers make your pits. You guys have pretty much free reign. Uh, what, like, what's next? What are you guys planning on there? Are you guys going to make another location? You gonna? We're picking up our double stack. Sunday, for the other location. What's so, that? It's uh, the 2,000-gallon pits on the trailer. So Side to side? Yeah. They're replacing some of our older pits at the other location. So so then, so Chris kind of started all this for us. He had a pit that he was building. and uh, I think it's got your name on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. He kind of came in, and <laughs> him and Lance hit it off like, uh, cellmates, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trapped in the alley together. Uh, uh, Missing so Lance. If, if Chris asked Lance one more time why, I was afraid the knife was going to come out. But uh, but um, anyway, they 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 grew to love each other eventually. And uh, but Chris was giving us some grief about our pits, and so I made a deal with them that we'd finish out the pit he had built, and uh, we let Sonny finish it out. And then, I don't know, like the third day, the whole team was like, all right, we're switching to these completely. Mm-hmm. So so we only have the 1,000-gallon over there at Moberg, and it's actually like a half Moberg, half whoever Chris started with. So we'll, we'll have 3,000 gallons over there and then two 36-barrel uh, two uh, uh, closes, so 36-inch oh. barrels. Are you guys seeing, you know, you, you've had, you know, I'm not the first person you've had out here. And so are you guys getting hit up for interviews? And lots of people are kind of putting you on their Instagram, putting you out in the social media. There's a, a, what did you call it, the Taj Mahal of pit rooms? Didn't Wyatt McSpadden come here and take some shots? Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt will be here Saturday. Wyatt Again. just lives behind our other location, so he's been kind of a, you know, one of our good friends for a while now. And, Good supporter of us. So. Yeah, he's got an awesome book. And he, he enjoys hanging out with Catherine a lot, so I think it's a double win for him. Mm-hmm. So he hangs out at that location a lot, or he come out, comes out here too? Uh, he's been both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's done all of our, all the photos inside are his, and uh, he said. Yeah, he does all the photos at the other location yeah, too, right? all the private room he did it for us, so. 
He enjoys hanging with Bill. Yeah, we both have a love of North Mississippi Hill Country Blues. Yeah. So we'll go, go down that rabbit hole. So, wait, that's music from Northern Mississippi? Correct, specifically? which is a different dichotomy versus uh, the 12 bar and 8 bar, which is found in the Mississippi Delta. The, uh, I could go down a rabbit hole right now. But the North, North Mississippi Blues is different because it's more of a, uh, more of a, a one bar uh, music. It stays on the one versus being 8 bar, 12 bar Delta Blues. So the, the difference is Delta Blues was born out of the plantations where you had a lot of uh, open territory and these guys were working the plantations and doing music on Saturday nights at fish fries and whatnot. So you had people like Charlie Patton and uh, Robert Johnson and Sun House and those were the guys of the nucleus of the Delta Blues. Whereas in the North Mississippi area, there were smaller farms because you didn't have a lot of spread out territory and a lot of the African-American folks actually owned their property as freedmen. So it created a different musical style that Alan and John Lomax documented as all the way back to Africa. So it was that same beat on the one and it didn't change and it hasn't changed. So you still get, you still get a lot of that if you travel to that part of the Mississippi. And uh, you know, Wyatt would tell me stories about himself and John Morthland uh, documenting, uh, Wyatt documenting through his photographs and John Morthland uh, documenting via, you know, his words, uh, you know, that, that, that type of music. And it's, it's very interesting. Dropping knowledge, Bill Dumas. Yeah. Old? Older? <laughs> well, in spirit, probably about 300. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's crazy because, you know, even barbecue is so specific to a certain area. It's, you know, you go to, you go to different parts of town now, there's different kinds of barbecue, you know? But now you, you, you can you can almost track barbecue the way you track music. There's, there's even all these little regional things. You know, someone brought up on uh, another show that I was on, uh, Garbage Plate, which is a thing in upstate New York. There's uh, lemon pepper wings in Atlanta. You know, it's, it's cool how you can kind of follow the food just like the way people follow music. For sure. Chris, uh, Chris refuses us to let the, to do the pork, pulled pork any other way than Carolina. Vinegar belongs on pulled pork. Uh, stand behind that. And... So how exactly are you doing the pulled pork? Uh, we, I just have a more traditional North Carolina vinegar-based sauce that I'm putting on it here. Uh, we're keeping it pretty simple, though, on the pork butt, just salt, pepper, and then just pulling it to order. But I, have a, I make my own hot sauce for it, and then it builds into a pork sauce. Do you, uh, do you cook it pretty dark on the pits? or you know, A lot of people are almost like blacking them now. In they get pretty charred overnight with the way we let them sit, but they're not. That's just more for the bark than anything. Pretty much all the barbecue is consistent between the two places, except for the brisket right now. We're kind of having a brisket war of our own, I guess. Uh, so we're going to let the other, the other guys at the other location about another 60 days, and then we're going to try to bring the two together a little bit. What's the differences? Can't tell you that, but... <laughs> Uh, the they're different. So the so ego, right now, if, pride. People, if people want to come and try both, they they might might could try to figure it out. Yeah, I think your taste would taste buds would probably be off if you couldn't tell there was a difference. So nice. Well, it it's cool to see you dialing it in that close. Yeah, I mean, again, they're both good. It's just personal preference at that point. So um, I won't say which one I like better right now, but, but yeah, they're. You know, 
Well, it's kind of like when someone says, what's the best barbecue in Austin on Facebook or something? There's just all these people saying all this stuff. Now you can say, like, which, which styles is better? Yeah. <laughs> which styles restaurants start a war? I agree. Well, wait a minute. It's kind of like when you ask your mom and dad when you're a kid, which, which kid do you love the best? It was always me. It was never, <laughs> it was never Bill. <laughs> well, and you got a lot of kids now, man. That's for sure. We yeah. have servers not old enough to serve their own drink. We have to bring it from the bar to the table. Really? Yeah. You so got like a special expo just for alcohol? We really do. I mean, they have to be 17 to, to take the drink from the bar to the table. So. And are these all locals? Are these all people that, that yeah. live around here? Yeah. Other than the Bill, Chris... Uh, some of our kitchen staff, we hired everybody out here. So hired right at 70 employees. Creating local jobs in a new, new area. Yeah. Yeah. So good kids though. Good kids. And, uh, you told me earlier, you guys were the first ones to make corn casserole. That is a true statement. Okay. So let's go. When, when did that start? How'd you come up with it? <laughs> My aunt Sarah Jezik's recipe. So there's and other people that are doing it and doing it well. Truth Barbecue, uh, but we were the first. And uh, what what do you think makes yours so good? It's just simple recipe, man. So uh, just a little bit of corn pudding and cornbread, you know, mixture. But uh, you no, know, if we could add bacon and cheese to every topping, we would. But you know, you could add it as an option. It. Yeah, you have to jack the price up. So. Hey, I know a lot of meat men that would uh, be happy to have bacon for an extra buck. Well, we're smoking our own out here, so we're thinking about maybe trying it on out here first. Nice. So, you yeah. kind of smoking it soft. Nice. There's a charred pineapple being uh, removed right now. Two of them. Chris is uh, kind of working and entertaining. How many? Uh, how many pineapples do y'all end up smoking? I guess it doesn't take up pit space, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, we we run out of that quite quite often. Few times a week, yeah. And uh, I guess it's pr pretty easy to work with once it's cooled off, huh? It's just soft oh, yeah. and doesn't dull the knife too bad. Bill, your melons. Pardon? How are your melons, Bill? How are your melons? My melon. Really? You, you doing a uh, watermelon? Oh no. no! Have you seen that craze? Yeah, the I've seen that. the yeah. smoked ham watermelon. Didn't Evan and them do it? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. It good. What do you guys think of this smoked water? Have you had a chance to try it? That's just weird. Yeah? <laughs> I don't eat vegetables or, or fruit. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. True meat man. <laughs> Not very much so. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but we, uh, we use the hashtag meat man a lot, and we call our fans the meat men and meat women. So we have meat man and meat woman shirts, and it's, uh, it's kind of our brand. That's so, you know the, about the meat man burrito in L.A.? No. Uh, Ray from Ray's Texas Barbecue, he takes... Brisket, sausage, uh, beans, mac and cheese, and he puts it all into like a two-pound burrito, and it's been on food shows and TV, and people are... Have you had Cabo Bob's here in town? No. Sounds like that. It's legit, man. Like, they're doing all their meat on green eggs inside the restaurant. Really? So instead of like a flat top or a plancha, it's all green eggs. We got three locations, helping the third location. So it's kind of like free birds on steroids. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to write that down, too. So you guys get your wood from Javier, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That guy supplies everybody. Yeah, yeah, he does. Does a hell of a job. It, it, he just cures it right, or what? What It just comes ready to go? On well, time. <laughs> for, for me, I can call him, and then he'll be there. You know, we had, finding a good wood guy is a big challenge. 
And believe me, I've tried several myself. Probably Chris has. I know he has. But finding a good good wood guy that's reliable, that's paramount. And coupled with the fact that there delivers them in these cages, uh, which roughly holds about a half a cord per. Uh, ours just roll in on the other side of the pit, so that's really convenient. I love, love, love it all. So he just takes the empty ones and then brings them back yeah. full? Yeah, we just rotate the empty ones outside, and when he delivers, they trade them out. And like old Coke bottles, you know, and we're done. And you like the, is he just storing them in that and they're curing in those? Or Right, what he's know? doing, he's got a big wood yard out near Smithville, and they'll, they got contracts to cut trees all over God's creation, and they go and cut, haul back in, uh, split to double split, and then load them up in the cages, and out they go. But yeah, you're right, he delivers to everybody. I saw his cage, where the hell was I? I was way out there on the other side of Comfort, and I could have swore to God I saw one of his cages out there. It may not have been, but I know I saw it. You got to start tagging them, write Bill on them, and then see if they see where right. you find them in other places. Well, it is kind of interesting because there's one that's a number 23, and Lance can tell you about the number 23. Is I don't know what the significance. Some superstition or something? Uh, it's it's yes. So I've watched to see how many times number 23 has come and gone at the other location. I counted it five times. I haven't seen it over here yet. So when I do, I'm going to write a note to Lance on it. <laughs> Does he hate Michael Jordan? I'm not sure what. I don't know. Uh, you'll have to ask Lance. Lance doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to ask Lance. <laughs> I know who, he knows who he is. Uh, well, so I kind of told you we call our fans the meat men. Uh, they're people who are cooking in their backyard. They're guys who, you know, some, some of the guys in Austin listen to our show while they're cooking. Our guys just commuting. We've got a wine guy in Kansas City, Jason. He listened to our show pretty religiously. So for all them, like what, what do you think is the best part of barbecue? What do you think is the best uh, you know, idea for a meat man or someone who you know, doesn't eat vegetables or fruit? You want to start, Bill? Uh, so if I'm to understand the question correctly, what's the best part about being in the industry or I'm just saying, yeah, like what, 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 what defines, you know, someone who's into this barbecue culture? What's when you, when you meet someone who's part of the barbecue family, what do they look like? I I, I don't know, you know, just, just for me on a personal level, you know, this is not a job, it's a lifestyle and it's all consuming. So once you're in it, this becomes you. So that's how I see it. Uh, outside of that, except to say that barbecue is community, it always has been, uh, especially in Texas. So with that in mind, I think that barbecue, all of these are my brothers and sisters yeah. out there. So you asked me earlier about, you know, Camp Brisket, it's like a big family reunion. So I don't know if that answers that, but that's, that's, a perfect that's answer. my answer. Well, what I, what I try to do is just talk to, to everyone about, you know, you you all have fans like you all have people that either want to do what you're doing or just love that it's here and it's something that they can eat uh you know chris you've been in multiple locations uh doing all kinds of cooking uh from freedman's to here it's just like like he said there's a community and now it's just growing bigger and getting kind of crazier but it's cool to see that the people who are joining are still pretty legit people yeah for sure it's a it ranges the spectrum. I mean, I don't know. You got yeah. Mia Khalifa as a groupie now. That's a yeah. She was on the show. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, she hung out in the pit room at the other location. That was pretty cool. 
Well, she's a local foodie, man. Yeah. Like she's a machine. She everywhere she goes, I don't know how she eats like that rich. She had a today I was looking, she had a peach or looked like a peach, and then she hit it and it was like ice cream in like a peach shell almost. It was painted like airbrushed like a peach. And she eats it really high end places. So it's it's pretty badass. And and they just invite her, you know? Yeah. They want her there. Six, seven million people will see it the moment she posts it. Well, yeah, it's we're like, always happy when she shows up. Well, me. it's like Frank Zappa said, there's no such thing as bad PR. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and she's a she's kind of established herself as more than just like a shocking person <clears throat> yeah. way back when. Yeah. Any other was, but now I do. <laughs> any other uh interesting people come by here or they mostly go to the, the place in town? Uh Jesse James has been our I guess biggest well, he lives down the street well, from here. Well, no, not here, yeah. Biggest yeah. out here. I've seen everybody up there. Then little Questlove. David Remember was it Lyle and <laughs> Robert Earl and Lyle Lovett came in? Here? Yeah. Really? But no one can verify that. But No pictures? No. Damn it. So. Well, Dave Grohl at the other place has yeah, been our, probably our biggest. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been in three times. Or Questlove. Yeah. Questlove comes in a lot with CK. Yeah. Dave Grohl really likes barbecue because he was, yeah. I ran into him at a, uh, the Memphis in May yeah. World Championships, and mm-hmm. he didn't have he didn't really have time. But like every time I saw him, he was wearing a different team shirt because yeah. everyone would give him a shirt, oh, and yeah. he was always eating. Like yeah. I don't know how that that dude put away barbecue that whole. Like I'd walk by, oh there's Dave Grohl eating again. Oh there's Dave Grohl eating at that place. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He shows up. Well, Dwight is supposed to play up here at Nutty Brown at the end of September, so it's, I'm going to make it my mission to get Dwight over here. Yeah, and take off your hats and take a picture together. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those guys, those guys would probably be happy if you delivered them a little That's side of barbecue. Yep. When I was in uh, Fort Worth, Brad Orson from the Shed out in Mississippi, yeah. we, we made friends a long time ago, and he uh, he went in, he flew into Fort Worth, had a barbecue friend meet him, and they served at this NFL thing, and we saw uh, who was it? Michael Irving and all like a, I mean guys, I, I don't know him because I don't watch football, but yeah. I mean just so many famous football players that as soon as they walked in the room, there's like a million nerd fantasy football guys like hey, da, 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 Simon. they all had little football helmets. Who was it, was it like uh, Grant or somebody that Des Bryant had him cater for the whole city or something? Oh, Pinkerton. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cool spot. Would you want to live above? Uh, would you want to live above your restaurant like Grant does? I don't know about that, but I don't want to live in Houston if I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, we can put you a cot right up there on top of the walk well, in if you want. It's interesting because Houston seems to be the city that's growing with barbecue almost as fast as Austin, and yeah. there couldn't be two different cities, in my opinion. You know, yeah. some people, most of the people who live in Austin would never live in Houston in the same same way the other way. It's not that bad, but if you have a choice, I wouldn't. But uh, I mean, seven million people—they got plenty of room to grow. So. Yeah, I ten just got bigger. Yeah, or was it two ninety? One of them. <laughs> what is the old ZZ Top song? Heaven, Hell, or Houston? <laughs> All right. Well, with that ZZ Top quote, I'm gonna thank you guys for being on the, the show. Because the ZZQ people were just here last Friday. Good inch. Yeah. Is that a that's a barbecue place? Yeah, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. ZZQ. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Well, you guys cook some amazing barbecue. You guys have a million fans and I'm hoping you get even more from our show and uh, you know we won't be strangers I'm gonna come out and drink margaritas and I want to bring some friends out here that, that already live out here so appreciate I appreciate it. you guys uh, Thank you. taking the time I know Chris even you 
you're getting itchy to get back on the pit, so we'll let you get to it. <laughs> Break so out. Thanks, guys. Cool, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Yep.